Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes a day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for the strength of our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can, your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But by sharing them, you may help somebody get stronger in their faith. You may help somebody come to God through Jesus for forgiveness and salvation. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. I want us to begin a new line of thought and study today. I want to talk about something that is very real, but that is also very much denied or at least uh, under suspect by a whole lot of people. And that is the reality of the devil and his ways to try to lead us into eternal condemnation and hell. Now, first, people don't like that word hell. They don't like that concept, that there is a place of eternal condemnation and destruction. Now, they would like the idea of heaven, although if you deny hell, then you may have a hard time believing in or at least accepting the reality of heaven because you see the one is the opposite of the other the same thing goes when you say i don't i don't really believe in the devil now there, there's where a lot of people are they don't want to believe in the devil this this impersonator of god and godliness this person that is the or this being that is the author or father of all evil and wickedness and deceit. They don't want to believe in the devil. Some evil force out there, some evil being that is trying to lead us into eternal condemnation and hell. If you reject hell, then you're going to reject the devil. If you reject the devil, you're going to reject hell. But people do want to believe in God. They want to believe there's a goodness out there. And so if you reject God, you reject the basic standard and reality of goodness, because how do you define goodness without God? It's all subjective. It's all whatever you think, whatever you feel, whatever you want goodness to be. And at the same time, if you reject goodness, then you have to reject evil, because evil is the opposite of goodness. But now we see evil all around us, don't we? But how do we know evil to be evil? Because it's the object of goodness, or it's the opposite of goodness. Uh, Evil contradicts goodness. Well, how do you define evil without the devil? How do you find goodness without God? You see the dilemma there. For people who do not want to believe in the devil, how do you define evil without the devil? And evil is the opposite of goodness, and how do you define goodness without God? So it's a package deal, really. If you don't believe in the devil, how are you going to believe in God? You want to believe in God. You want to believe in heaven. You want to believe everything's good, but how do you define good without God? And since evil is the opposite of goodness, then how can you have goodness without God? And since the devil is the opposite of God, how can you have evil without the devil? I'm not sure very many people who 
declare their disbelief in God, their disbelief in the devil, their disbelief in heaven, their disbelief in hell, I'm not sure they've really thought that out very carefully. Maybe they've come to a conclusion in the in a statement of arrogance, but I'm not sure they've really analyzed the reality of what they're saying that they do not believe in. Well, the devil is real. God is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And the devil is real. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the apostle Paul says, finally, my brethren, He's writing this to the church at Ephesus. Finally, my brethren, writing this to Christians, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. Now, the idea there is to stand effectively and victoriously against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. Hmm. What does that word wiles mean? W-I-L-E-S. Well, technically, it means schemings. So Paul says, put on the whole armor of God, and he's talking about spiritual armor. Then he goes into a lengthy dissertation as to those specific pieces of spiritual armor that God provides for us as Christians. He talks about girding your waist with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith, putting on the helmet of salvation, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and also prayer, prayer, tapping into the power of God. Well, put on the whole armor of God. Well, what, what are those wiles or schemings of the devil? We can probably think of quite a number of them. I'd like to share with you, during this particular line of thought and study, at least eight wiles of the devil, or schemings, how the devil tries to lead us away from God by leading us into sin or unfaithfulness to God. What methods of operation does Satan use? Does the devil use against us? Well, one of those is stealth. You say, stealth? What do you mean? The devil uses stealth? Stealth is an intriguing concept, isn't it? You know, we have actually nations who, within their military, have built what are called stealth fighters or stealth bombers. The idea is that they're virtually invisible to radar detection. Now, If you look up in the sky, if they're passing over you, they're there. You see them. But when it comes to radar being able to pick them up, they're they're engineered in such a way that that they do not reflect back on the radar uh, screens. And so whatever whatever country or whatever area they might be flying over, they're virtually uh, undetectable. Well, stealth. Something that is there but that cannot be seen. If you're a science fiction fan, you may have uh, looked at Star Trek. It might have been a good series for you, and and so you you really enjoyed that. Understand that science fiction, but you remember how the captain would tell the engineers to put the ship into stealth mode in some cases, and so it would disappear from sight. It was still there, 
There was a physical presence, but it just couldn't be seen. It was in stealth mode. Well, the devil uses stealth to try to bring us down. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, I want to read verses 25 and 26. And notice what it says. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Well, the devil lays snares out there for us, doesn't he? He prefers that people not even know that he exists. Now, what is a snare? If you're laying traps for wildlife, maybe you're trying to you know, catch beaver or some other fur-bearing animal, or maybe you're trying to catch some wild animal for food, a rabbit or, or something else. You may lay snares out there or traps. Now, you don't want those traps or snares to be visible to the animal coming up upon them, or else they'll recognize something's there that's foreign to their regular landscape, and they will bypass it in some way, go around it or jump over it, but they'll stay away from it. But now, the devil does not want us to recognize the spiritual snares that he lays for us to try to pull us down into sin and away from God. He he really prefers, I I don't want you to really see me. I don't want you to really know I'm there. And for people to say, well, I don't believe in the devil. Well, he's got them then. (laughs) He's won. He doesn't have to to worry about leading them into sin and away from God. They're already there. They don't believe in the devil. They don't believe a basic truth of biblical teaching and a basic truth of Christianity. The devil's real. So if he can convince somebody, I don't exist, well, see, he's gone in stealth mode. In their eyes, they've fallen into his trap at least one of them, into one of his snares. So he prefers that people not even know he exists. God is the great I am, as we're told in different scripture texts, such as Exodus 3 and verse 14, John chapter 8 and verse 58. But Satan, the devil, he prefers to be the I am not. He wants people to not recognize his presence. I said many times over many years in teaching. The devil doesn't go around identifying himself as the devil. (laughs) He doesn't wear a sign around his neck saying, I'm the devil, or a name tag that says Satan on it. No, he doesn't do that. He he wants to work beneath the surface. He wants to be in stealth mode. He wants to be able to influence people to do wrong, to sin, to go into wickedness and evil lifestyles without their realizing that he is the instigator of that. Well, I am not is what he wants. He wants to be in stealth mode. He wants to stay beneath the surface. In one survey among those who claim to be Christians, those who claim to be Christians, only 26% are strongly convicted that there is a real devil, that Satan is real. Now, that's amazing to me. Why are you a Christian if you don't believe in the devil? 
Jesus believed that the devil is real. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, talks about how the devil confronted him and attacked him, we could say, through temptations. After he had fasted in the wilderness for 40 days, the devil kept tempting him. If you're really the son of God, hey, do this or do that. Command these stones to be turned to bread. Jump off the pinnacle of the temple because God's word says he'll, he will not allow his angels to let you fall and, and hurt yourself in, in any way. You know, do this, do that. And, and Jesus kept responding with scripture. He, he rebuffed the devil repeatedly. But Jesus certainly believed and taught that the devil is real. We need to stop and realize just as God is real, so is the devil real. When we look all around us and we see the creation of this world, all life therein, all the beauties of nature, and we also look up in the scars, up, up in the sky and see all the stars and the planets and the sun and the moon and all of that, we recognize there is design in all of that creation. And design requires a designer. And there's God. God's fingerprints are all over the universe and all over this earth and everything that is therein. God is real. And the devil is just as real. The devil wants to pull us away from God. One, one of his wiles, one of his schemings, through which he can be very effective for those who are taken in by it, is he operates in stealth mode. Well, let's look a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to open our eyes and see the reality and accept the reality and, and live in defense against that reality that the devil is real. Help us to stay strong against his wiles, his schemings. Help us to be alert and on guard and to not let him take us in by stealth. Strengthen us, please. Please be merciful with us, Father. And gracious Father, please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.